turn to the book of Esther tonight, the book of Esther. And let's look at Esther chapter five and verse nine. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna focus on two individuals, Haman and Mordecai. Remember those two names as we read. Esther chapter five and verse nine. Then went Haman forth that day, joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai, and notice the next phrase, in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself, and when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and Zeresh, his wife, and Haman told them of the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children and all the things wherein the king had promoted him and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of, of the king. Haman said, moreover, yea, Esther the queen, did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared but myself. And tomorrow I'm invited unto her also with the king. Yet all this availeth me nothing. So long as I see Mordecai, the Jew, sitting at the king's gate. I'm preaching tonight on the subject sitting at the king's gate. Now, for time's sake, I hope that you'll just allow me to try to use a few words to paint you a mental picture of what's going on here. The Jewish people had an enemy. And that enemy is portrayed in this book as none other than Haman himself. He has one goal and one purpose, and this is one of the reasons why that it's gotten worse is because what happens in this one encounter, it, it just shows us a little bit of his mentality. And sometimes you have to know how the enemy works and what he's thinking to better understand why you go through some of the things you go through. This enemy, Haman, the enemy of the people of God, this gets in him to the place where he wants to completely annihilate the Jewish people. He's ready to try to destroy them and wipe them out. And can I say this to you? Do you know, and I repeat it again tonight, because you need to be aware, if you are a Christian, you have an enemy. And the goal of the enemy is to take you out. He wants to take out everyone that professes Christ. He wants to take out everyone that is a child of God because they are a threat to him. Now on this particular occasion, Haman has been invited by Esther to a feast that's been prepared. And Esther's only invited the king and Haman to this feast. So Haman is now the first lieutenant of the land. You've got to know a little bit about Haman because it gives you a picture of the enemy of our soul, the devil. Haman, he was a cruel man. He operated on the principle of fear. He wanted people to be so terrified of him 
that, uh, that they knew that he was a man that was cruel. He, he would do what he had to do to gain power and to try to keep others living at a place of fear. That was the type of man that he was. And now people realize how much power and authority that Haman has. So when Haman passes by, people would bow down before Haman. And we see Haman, the enemy, as he's making this journey back to his house, after he's had this unique invitation to go with the king to a banquet, and he's thinking to himself of the plans that he has, and he's, he's enjoying the fact that he has been used in such a way to create such fear in the kingdom from one end of the kingdom to the other that everywhere that he went, people, they would bow down to him. They were terrified of him. And he said, when I was coming in, he gathers his wife and he gathers his friends together. And he said, I was coming. And he said, I was beholding the riches of my glory. He was looking at them as they were bowing down. And he'd say to himself, do you see how much power I have? They're all terrified of me. They're all afraid of me. I'm now at the place of authority where they have to do what I say. They have to follow every command. If I say it, it will come to pass. I've been given such authority now that there's no man that can stand up to me. And he's surveying the fact that he feels like he has conquered an entire kingdom. He is feeling powerful as though he has all power. Can I tell you something? I wonder if the devil doesn't look this nation over and this world over every now and then and say, I've got it all now. I've got everything under my control. Every time he looks, he has to feel powerful. Every time he sees a church close its doors, every time he sees a Christian that gives up on God, he feels so powerful. When he looks at a world that's gone absolutely crazy, turning away from God, he feels powerful. He feels powerful when he takes our children from high school and sends them off to a college and indoctrinates them with the idea of atheism. He feels powerful. Every time he sees a young man or a young woman get to the place that they sell themselves out cheap and destroy their life, he feels powerful. When he gets the nation hooked and addicted, when he gets people so far in sin that suddenly even the choices of people are saying, I see no reason to live. He says, I feel powerful. When he sees no revivals, when he sees people that all they do is bow down to him. Give in to what he wants. And he said, I feel so powerful. Every cemetery in the land is a testimony of his power. Every hospital that dots the hillsides of the world is a testimony of his power. 
Every disease that you bear in your body is a testimony of his power. He says, I'm cruel. I don't care if children are abused. I don't care if women are beaten. I don't care if teenagers turn against their parents and run away from home. He feels powerful. And it looks like he's winning. He has the whole kingdom. But as he's journeying home, so anxious to try to tell his wife and his friends about all of his glory and all of his power and how he's winning out. Suddenly he comes to the king's gate. And when he gets to the king's gate, he looks and there sits one old Jew. His name is Mordecai. Mordecai's different. He doesn't bow when Haman passes by. He said, I surveyed everything. I looked at all of it. But he said, none of that seemed to satisfy because when I looked at Mordecai, he's different. He's got a stare in his eye as to say, this is one Jew that will never bow to you. He's different. He doesn't applaud me. He doesn't think I'm wonderful. He doesn't seem to be afraid of me. Everybody else is afraid, but he gets a stare in his eye as to say, right here I am. I'm not going anywhere. I'm in the king's gate, and you can't get to the king without passing by and staring me in the eye. I don't care if everybody Everybody else in this kingdom bows down. I'm gonna sit right here, stare you down, let you know there's somebody that they're not cowering down to you and they're not giving in to you. I'm gonna sit in the king's gate. Thank God for some people that won't buckle under the pressures of this age. Thank God for some people that understand. We've got an enemy and it looks like he's winning. But we're not quitting. And we're not sitting down. And we're not stopping. Every time he had to go to the king's court, there was no way to the king's court without going by the king's gate. And he says that Mordecai, I'm so sick of that man. I'm so sick of him. He will not do what I want him to do. He just sits there, sits solid as though there's no way that I can reach him or get to him. But he didn't understand. Mordecai's philosophy and his principles in life. Mordecai had the mentality, you just think you're the ruler. The one I serve is greater than you. 
and the king that I serve is not in this king's court. He's of another kingdom beyond this world. And it doesn't matter what you've done to everybody else. And it doesn't matter to me. He was sitting there as to say, you be sure of this, Haman. Every time you pass by, every time you come by here, you're gonna have to look me in the eye because there's somebody that's not yielding in to you and not giving in to you that I've decided I'm going to be right here every day at this same time, this same place, I don't care what it takes, you just count on it, you're gonna see me every time you come to the king's gate and you look at me, I'm gonna be the biggest irritation in your mind, I'm gonna be the ache in your tooth and the eyelash in your eye, I'm gonna irritate you until it doesn't matter if you have absolute control of this entire world, you're gonna be so focused on me because there's somebody that has made their mind up. I am determined every day I'm gonna be in the king's gate and you can't overlook me. You can't get away from me. I'm gonna be right here. Sometimes when you come you get ready to come to church. You get ready to sit in the king's gate. Sometimes you get up and you've got so much energy and you say, I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to get there. I, I, I just can't wait to get there. And sometimes you come like you come tonight. Oh, what a week. Oh, oh, oh. I just gotta crawl to get there. I don't know if I'm gonna make it or not. I gotta crawl. Hey, I don't care if you have to drag yourself. I don't care if you have to come on a walker. I don't care if somebody has to be on both sides of you. Like Dr. Geiler last night, when they carried him in, he was still sitting in the king's gate. And I looked back at him and his head up strong and proud. And I thought, here's a man, sick in body, up in his 80s, that could say, you know, I could just slow down and quit. But you know what it is? He's still saying to the devil, you look me in the eye. You may think you're winning right now. And you may think you're in control right now, but my day is coming. I can't wait to live long enough to see you come to your end because the Lord says the devil's not gonna prevail and he's not gonna win out. Not gonna happen. You say, preacher, I go through so much. We all go through so much. But you've got to say, I'm going to be the one that absolutely aggravates the devil to death. Back in the 50s, there was a great boxer. He scheduled two matches with the same opponent in three months. 
His opponent was younger than him. His opponent was stronger than him. His opponent had more speed than him. He won the first fight. The second fight was brutal. Three months later, he fought that same young boxer again. They got into it about six rounds or so and they noticed that boxer had such a gash in his nose that the blood poured down so much his gloves were covered in blood. When they finally got to the end of the round, the ones on his team taking care of him, they made a gauze type fitting to try to go over his nose to stop the blood. They got back in the ring and within a minute or two, the gauze came off and he bled even more. His face was covered in blood, gash above his eye now. He can hardly see sometimes because the blood is blurring his vision, but he keeps fighting. He gets knocked down, but he gets back up. He gets knocked down and he gets back up and he keeps fighting round after round and it looks as though he's about to lose out and suddenly he gains new strength. By this time, the young boxer has hit him so many times that the young boxer is now getting weak from the number of punches that he's thrown and he drops his guard and just in a split second of time, that old experienced boxer came back with that bloody glove and laid it on his chin and knocked him out and that was the end of all of it. He was never to, to ever come against him again. Someone interviewed him after and said, what was in your mind? Did you know the power that he had? He said, yes, as a boxer, he's more powerful than what I am. And they said, you mean you knew that he could defeat you? Yes, he could defeat me. Did you know that he could knock you down? Yes, I knew that he could knock me down. You knew that he could win. You knew that he could knock you down. How did you win the fight? He said, that's easy. I refuse to stay down. I kept getting back up and I kept getting back up and I kept getting back up and he said in a little while I saw the opening and I let it go I'm here to tell you he can knock us down but we're not going to stay down we're going to keep coming back sitting in the gate every day when he passes by he'll have to look at us I wonder if the devil had a meeting in hell tonight about you, if he called all of his followers together, I wonder, what do you say to them? You know, I've nearly conquered this whole world, but there's that one person that they just won't quit. I dread going by Rubyville Church because they're always sitting there glaring at me. I put enough on them that they should have collapsed under the load by now, but they just keep coming back. I struck them down in body, but they kept crawling back to church. I made them so weary that they weren't able to come. I tore their automobile up, but they found a ride to church. 
they just keep coming. They just keep sitting there. I think they know something that I don't know. I know it looks bad out there, folks, but let me tell you something. We're not just hanging on. We're getting ready to go to the coronation of the king. Don't spend your whole life terrified about what the devil has done or what he can do to you. All you gotta do is be faithful. Just be faithful, just show up. Just show up at the king's gate. The devil can look at you, but he can't do nothing to stop you. He'll try, but he can't stop you. If you've determined, I'm gonna be faithful. I'm gonna stand by God no matter what. I've got a feeling the devil's already made a trip around this parking lot, come inside this church just to eyeball you, to say, are you there? Thank God, here you sit at the king's gate. And you know what you ought to do right now? Look here, lift your hand straight up. You say this to the devil. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. I'm still here. God hadn't failed me and I'm sure not going to fail him. He's going to take care of all of it and watch out for me. You got to have that determination. Your heads are bowed throughout the sanctuary. Howard, come get ready to sing. Nobody's looking on. There's some people fighting some tremendous battles. I know you are. There's people that have entered into new levels of prayer because of the load and the burden. Some folks are already coming. Sis, I'm glad you're coming and you just keep coming. And every time you come to the altar, you tell the devil, I'm still here. I'm still here. He may want us to think that he's got us, but he don't have us. Still here. You may have had to crawl to get here tonight, but you're here. Thank God, thank God. He may be fighting you with everything that he can, but you're here. You're still sitting in the king's gate. We all can't do great things that's noticed by others. But we can all be faithful. Just stay true. Just stay faithful. God will take care of the rest.